Hello and welcome back to Unedited the Podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Lauren, and you're joining me here to kick off season three. So this is episode one of season three, but this is episode 26 of the podcast. And this is going to be a really special episode. I'm so excited to get into this with you. It's going to be a celebratory episode to commemorate 1,000 downloads since starting unedited. So this episode is going to be a little different than usual. It is more of a Q&A episode um, that those of you who had submitted questions will hopefully have your questions answered on the pod. So before I get started, I just really wanted to reintroduce myself and the podcast for new listeners. Unedited was a project that I created, I believe in late 2020, um, as a way to really explore expression and experience sitting with transmissions from my voice in the now moment in a very unfiltered raw space and so it was a little bit of an experiment for me to break out of the rut of writing and be able to come into a space using my voice spoken word and just share really now moment streams of consciousness and get into really beautiful conversations with myself and my guests um, around what's real and alive and imperfectly spoken um, in the moment so that's what unedited is all about there are no limits to the topics of conversation that can be had here. Um, But I will say there's likely going to be (laughs) a focus on entrepreneurship, a focus on energetics, a focus on the human experience in general as it relates to these things, because that's what I'm into. So um, that's kind of the long and short of unedited. And I really wanted to introduce myself again. So for those of you who are new here, I'm your host, Kelsey Lauren, and I think the first thing that I love leading with is most importantly, I'm a multidimensional human. I, like you, am navigating the nuances, complexities, and the miraculousness of being earthbound in a human body, and I think that's just such a beautiful experience that we get to have that's both shared and so unique and so individual. My greatest vision is to see humanity liberated from programs of lack, limitation, and fear, stepping into the experience of individual and collective liberation, love, and abundance. To really see each multidimensional miracle of a being claim their divine inheritance of peace, presence, power, passion, purpose, and prosperity. I co-create and serve this vision as a mission mentor and business artist. The mentorship and mastery ecosystems that I offer are intentionally designed to facilitate the experience of potentiality and legacy through liberation, artistry, and frequency-first leadership. This is all about amplifying more of who you are so that you have the coherence and capacity to be the leader of your legacy. I am profoundly skilled at guiding your inner processes with precise and penetrating questions, at connecting you with and amplifying the wisdom and brilliance of your own blueprint, and then at co-architecting the containers and structures for your creatorship to flourish into the life, business, and mission you were destined to lead. A link and about me page in the show notes, along with my website, Instagram, and Pinterest, so you can drop in and really get to know me and get the vibe for who I am, what I do, and how I create in the world. And before I jump into kind of the Q&A portion of the episode, I really just want to touch on some of the insights from my real life curriculum right now. Obviously, we are January 10th, and... I really wanted, my my plans were to have recorded this episode much earlier into the 2023 year, and I was gifted the unexpected blessing of starting the year in a healing portal. So since New Year's Day, I've been sitting with illness, which I often like to reframe and see as a full cellular and energetic system upgrade. And I had for the first time in my life lost my voice so even though I wanted to come on here and record this episode and I had so many things to say I could not say them and 
it was just hilarious to have to really sit with that and digest that and come to peace with that. But I really wanted to share an excerpt from my journal this morning, actually, to illuminate how I'm metabolizing the experience because I'm sure you can relate to the experience of having plans and having desires and wanting things to go a certain way and being redirected and rerouted. So here we go. At face value, this was a disruption to the plans I had, like recording the podcast earlier, etc. But I've come to see how much of a blessing it was to open the year with the ritual of nourishment, to begin setting a standard for the way I am choosing to tend, nourish, speak to, and love myself. Instead of rushing into the year frantic to do, get, or have anything, I received the gifts of grace, presence, patience, divine timing, nurturance, and spaciousness. These first days of January have felt rich and abundant, deeply nourishing, filled with love, sensuality, strength, and possibility. I was gifted intentional time to truly be in my body and listen to sit with what's true and real for my being and meet my own needs before those of the world, which is such a beautiful continuation of my curriculum of cultivating my personal power and learning to prioritize my vitality, wholeness, and coherence so that everything I generate is done from overflow and genuine desire to serve and love. This is what I wrote this morning and I just... I really was struggling earlier in the week um, with feeling unproductive and just having those kind of ebbs and flows of disappointment and frustration and self-doubt and all of the things. And I just really appreciated this morning's moment of clarity and just really getting to zoom out and see the experience for what it is. So if you are also in a redirection, I hope that provided a little bit of solace and maybe a different perspective to sit with it. And the second little nugget that I want to share before I dive into the episode is really the underpinning and the reason for today's episode, which is the creational power of celebration. One of the most important things that I've really internalized over the last year of my life is the importance of celebration, of learning to celebrate yourself and your milestones, learning how to celebrate others in theirs. And just really being able to celebrate life and reality as it is. I've, I have yet to read this book, but I've heard of this concept called existential kink. And I'm really just intrigued by the idea of learning to be in celebration and just enjoyment of exactly what's happening and exactly what's being presented to you as it is in the moment. So consider existential kink. I don't know the author's name. Consider that added to my book list. If you want to add it to yours, feel free as well. So this episode is itself a celebration. It's an acknowledgement and a gratitude to the 1,000, well now it's around 1,022 of you who have downloaded and invested your precious attention and energy with my guests and I on Unedited. That is such a gift and such an honor to know that 1,022 of you have chosen to carve time out of your day to be with me in this space, and it means the world. I'm so excited to keep doing it. I'm so excited to be connecting with more of you and co-creating really beautiful episodes and having really beautiful, profound, and important conversations with you, me, and my guests on this platform. So a few things that I'm celebrating today, aside from this amazing unedited milestone, and I hope he doesn't (laughs) take this the wrong way or get upset, but today is my king's solar return. So I'm celebrating him on the inside and on the outside, and (laughs) I'm excited to have a beautiful birthday dinner with him when he comes home and honestly just give him the biggest hug and the biggest kiss when he comes home from work. I'm also celebrating some of the powerful devotional practices and habits that I've normalized that allow me to really access more of myself, my vitality, my creatorship, and my capacity, which is really huge after five years living with chronic pain and navigating and untangling from the residue of some of the most traumatic experiences of my life um, happening in my late 20s and into my 30s. So um, this is a really, really big milestone that I'm celebrating. And I'm also celebrating the enormous vision 
that God entrusted me with shortly before my birthday on December 8th. And this is a vision of what I'm going to be building and facilitating through my work. And I'm not going to say much more. All I will say is you will want to be a part of what's coming. Oh my gosh, I'm simultaneously exploding with excitement and teeming with creativity and like partially shitting my pants at how gargantuan and wild and significant and impactful this vision is and I'm so excited to bring it to life so yeah you will definitely want to be in this space in this ecosystem in this community while that's taking place and unfolding and being a part of it being a part of co-creating the incredible experience that is going to be had by those of us in this space so I want to thank those of you that submitted questions. I've chosen six for the episode and a lot of them really do orbit around entrepreneurship. There's a lot of entrepreneurs in the community, which I love so much. A lot of you here on mission, a lot of you um, really stepping into your leadership and your visionary and, and then some of them a little bit more orbiting around presence, around creativity, um, and around relationships as well. So I'm excited to get into these. Some of them I've prepared just a couple of little bullet points, um, and a couple of them I'm just going to go ad hoc and channel whatever comes through. So the first question is some of the struggles that I've had to overcome in business and how I came out the other side. I love this so much. (laughs) Um, I don't want to, I don't want to say that business in its entirety has been a struggle, but, um, I believe wholeheartedly that those of us who are here to steward a vision, to step into the role of entrepreneurship and leadership in any capacity, this is one of the biggest initiations spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, intellectually that we are ever going to undertake. And it's a great honor and a great responsibility to step into and choose entrepreneurship and to choose building a legacy like this. And I just want to reiterate, I can't remember exactly what the statistic is, but um, I believe it's somewhere along the lines of like 90% or like most businesses anyways, um, in the first year fail. Most entrepreneurs in the first year will tap out because it's either too hard or they're not seeing results or whatever the reason might be. And I think that speaks so beautifully to, like I said, the initiatory portal that entrepreneurship is. And I think one of the biggest pieces that has kept me in the game and allowed me to really navigate some of the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows is really remembering that there is no such thing as an overnight success. Building something of substance and significance, whether it's a business, whether it's in relationships, whether it's wealth, whether it's your wellness, is a marathon, not a sprint. So Prepare yourself, prepare yourself to embark on the journey of your lifetime and make sure that you're surrounding yourself with the best possible support systems, tools, and rituals to set you up for success. And I will say as, as, as much as it can become easeful when you have these things in place, when you have the right um, mentorship, the right support groups, the right tools, the right systems, all of these things, um, although it can become easeful, entrepreneurship is not inherently easy or without challenges. And so it really is an invitation into building your capacity and building your resilience and um inviting you just into higher levels of your best and that's always going to change day to day but um, it really is an invitation into being the best of yourself in as many and all facets as you possibly can. Um, I think one of the things that feels really important as well to share is to just be transparent about the realities of entrepreneurship. And I know in the online space, um, sometimes it can be really easy to look around and see people presenting these realities of making millions of dollars, working three hours a week. Um, And while that may be the reality for some people, um, that's likely not where they started. So there's often an upfront workload 
that is required to build something that that enables that level of liberation, of freedom um, with your time, with your resource, and with your choice. So um, just just be prepared, like I said, for for the workload for, and it doesn't necessarily have to be really hard labor, um, but just just being willing to put in the time, put in the energy and the intention and the work and the effort into learning what you need to learn, into becoming masterful at what you need to become masterful at and at being devoted and sticking with the divine timing of your business's success and your success um, rather than the timing that you think it should happen in. I think another piece um, that has been really profound in navigating some of the ups and downs of business is learning how to navigate failure and rejection. And I think this is still something that I am working with and I probably always will be. Um, It sucks to feel like something that you created from your heart or something that just has so much meaning or even yourself um, isn't received the way that you want it to or doesn't create the momentum or the success that you wanted to and I think this is a really beautiful part of the process um, in teaching you how to be your own source of validation and your own source of um, devotion and really being able to um, love yourself best and really encourage yourself best and I think this is such a perfect segue after um just talking about the importance of celebration and how celebration is such a portal into your, to your creativity, um, being able to celebrate and see all experiences, whether they are successes, whether they are perceived failures. Um, it's not necessarily a failure unless you choose to give up and quit. So it's just another opportunity for growth. What can you celebrate? What can you metabolize? And how can you lead yourself through and have grace with experiencing the emotions and the thoughts and just witnessing yourself in the process of whatever it is, disappointment, sadness, um, when you experience that rejection or that failure and then training yourself um, each time that it happens how to stand back up and how to support yourself through all of the experiences of rejection or failure and reconnect with why you're doing what you're doing in the first place. Um, Another big one is time management. I think this goes without saying, knowing how to prioritize what is important and steward your most precious resource, your time, your energy, your attention um, is going to be highly important and highly valuable as an asset to your business success. And so this is, again, something that I'm still in such a refinement process with. I 100% sometimes will get lost in scroll holes where I'll spend more time than I'd like to admit looking at Instagram or procrastinating or doing things that really aren't serving or adding value to my life or my greater vision. And so really just gently reeling myself back in and reminding myself of what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Um, And remembering that your power lies in the now and you every now moment have a choice point to either choose to invest your time, resource, and attention into what's serving you or what isn't, um, and just continuing to orient yourself. Another really big one is navigating the self-doubt and confidence continuum. And I feel like, especially as someone who's releasing um, any kinds of like art or anything that's very intimate, very tied to you as a person and your creativity and just your heart and soul, um, it can be really easy to experience self-doubt and experience um, the worry of like, oh no, is is anyone going to like it? Is it going to land well? Is it going to be received well? And being able to walk with both the self-doubt and fear or anything that comes up, um, being able to walk with that 
and still move is going to be one of the greatest skill sets that you cultivate in your entire life because when you move before you're ready, that's when you actually start to cultivate the readiness to move and you actually start to build the self-trust, the self-respect, the self-leadership, and the confidence to continue showing up to more, to bigger, to better um, things in your life and in your business specifically. I think one of the big things for me, and this is something that um, I, I'm not going to say it came easily for me, but because I chose the path of getting a business degree and I've just inherently been very interested in entrepreneurship and in business as a whole, I've naturally gravitated towards learning the ins and outs of business, um, but even if you're not someone like that, um, I cannot impress upon you, especially early stage in your business, the importance of learning the ins and outs of your business, um, knowing what's going on with your finances, knowing what's going on with your systems, um, with the back end of your business, things like the back end of your website, your email systems, your social media, um, just, just having a finger on all of it um, until... Or so that you can call in the right support and delegate. And unfortunately for a lot of early stage entrepreneurs, and I say unfortunately, but it is kind of, um, it becomes an asset when you lean into it. Um, business is something that you're going to have to be willing to learn how to do. It's a skill set. It's something that you become masterful at over time as you're exposed to new challenges, new problems, and you learn how to be resourceful and how to resource yourself to meet those um, areas of business. And so I would say, even if you have resistance, which for me, that comes in the form of anything legal, anything accounting, um, anything tech, backend tech, I can do them all which is why what I'm saying is like know how to do them all um I really don't like them and so when I come to the point of being able to or ready to outsource those are probably going to be some of the first areas that I know okay these aren't necessarily my zones of genius so this is where I'm going to call in support so that I can create more time and more space in my business and in my time or in my day sorry um to focus on what I am really good at Another piece that I really want to touch on in this question, man, this question has some gold in it, uh, is divorcing myself from waiting to feel motivated, confident, certain, unafraid, and just show up to the next indicated step while walking with fear, self-doubt, worry, uncertainty, or in some cases, low energy. And this was really prevalent for me when I was face-to-face with chronic pain and really in the throes of a healing process was learning how to create space and create opportunity in my day for... Um, actually getting to the high mileage activities and um, the priorities in my business in a way that allowed me to still be in a very restful space to honor my nervous system to honor my body um, but to also be able to actually show up and showing up is a a necessity if you want to experience success if you want to experience growth if you want to call in clients if you want to become better at what you do um, you're going to have to learn how to be um I guess just internally motivated, not waiting for um, your feelings or your circumstances to, or the stars to align, um, and just really learning how to walk with all of the discomforts that come with business ownership and just being a human. Sometimes you just don't feel like it. Um, And so learning how to do that is going to serve you really beautifully. And then finally for this question, This has been really beautiful for me to just practice seeing my business and entrepreneurship as a spiritual practice, as a vehicle for personal evolution. It's been one of the greatest sources of initiation, of self-leadership, of devotion and consistency cultivation. Um, It's really invited me into the importance of being clear on and continuing to 
return to the vision, values, and calling, i.e. my why, underpinning my my mission and business. Um, And honestly, I think one of the most important things, and this is ubiquitously across the board, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, but one of the most important things that you can cultivate within yourself is energetic and emotional literacy, learning how to maintain and have good energetic and emotional hygiene. Um, develop your energetic and emotional maturity and then what living in energetic and emotional integrity looks like for you this is going to serve you in so many ways this is how you create the coherence in your being and in your person to be able to actually access the clarity on your why on your values on your vision to receive um, and open your creative channels this is also going to be one of the most important ways to um, call in community and clients and people into your world when you're coherent, when you're emanating a really clear tone of of who you are and the signature of your being and the signature of your, your work, your service, um, that's going to very precisely speak to and invite the right people into your world. So your energetic maintenance, your, your coherence, is one of the greatest marketing strategies, one of the greatest business strategies. I cannot impress upon you enough the importance of prioritizing the energetics and your frequency-first leadership um, in being a business asset for you. So I'm just going to take a quick sip so I don't cough. (laughs) I've got some tea next to me, so... Um, I'm really impressing myself with how much I've been able to speak um, (laughs) given that I lost my voice. So the second question, how do you cultivate a balance between art and business? And I love this so much because one of my biggest values, one of the biggest visions that I hold and one of the the ways that I love to particularly do business um, but just live is very artfully. I love artistry. I love artfulness. I want to um, live an artful life. I want artfulness to be infused into the essence and expression of my business because it's part of who I am as a human. And so um, it's a lot less about necessarily cultivating a balance rather than um, for me just really creating that prioritization of living artfully and and making sure that there's clarity in my essence and expression and that gets to spill over and inform the way I show up to my business. However, I will say that creating the right structures within and around your business is what will give you the spaciousness to play, to let life inspire you, to be present, and to access your creativity. And I know that sounds a little bit counterintuitive. I know when I first started working with this kind of dynamic, um, I was very averse to structure. I was very averse to discipline. I was very averse to routine. And still to this day, I think I'm, I'm a little bit more of like a chaotic structure kind of a person where um, I prioritize the areas of my life that I know in order to really flourish creatively, in order to be able to access more of myself, in order to facilitate having enough time and space and patience to allow creativity to percolate and to allow myself to move with inspiration and a meaning behind what I do. I need to have um, structure. I need to have some containers around certain aspects of my business that enable me to not be pouring my time into those places so that I can reprioritize it into artful living, into living an artful life and really prioritizing beauty and um, that sensuality of artfulness and just being an open channel ready to receive inspiration at any given moment. So some of the structures that I have in place um, are around things like my client intake and processes, um, things like automating uh, different aspects of my business from payments to scheduling to application forms. Um, All of those bits and pieces just free up mental time and space and capacity within me so that I know I can step away from doing a lot of these 
admin tasks, a lot of these more operational things in my business, and my business is still going to run, I have now more time in my day to just be really present with life, to allow um, God to direct where I'm meant to go and offer me the next indicated step and allow me to create from there. And I think another important piece as well is really connecting with what art is to you. What is your art? What is your expression? What what does that look like for you? What lights you up to create? Are there certain mediums that you prefer creating in? I know for me, I love writing so much. I love it so much. I'm falling more and more in love with speaking, with spoken word, with creating podcasts or voiceover reels. Um, I'm getting very energized and excited about um, just building out a beautiful resource library and continuing to expand on the resource library for my one-on-one mentorship clients. And so um, another area that I really love to cultivate artfulness in my life is through design. Like I love designing my spaces. I love designing really beautiful um, outfits, really beautiful Uh, graphics and assets for my business I like to doodle sometimes Um, I really love just surrounding myself with beauty in all the ways that I can I love food styling Um, so all of these things all of these little pockets that art can kind of seep into my day um, I try to open up as much space for those things and really cultivate my relationship with them so that I'm always in the stream of my own inspiration and I think a really important piece to um to this process is seeing it as a mastery process and the mastery process is innately artful right artists don't just roll out of bed these prolific prodigious artists michelangelo did not come out of the womb um, creating what he did nor did picasso nor did da vinci it was this cultivation this slow Um, study and relationship with art with life with all of the different things that they were passionate about um, in order to develop the skill sets in order to develop their eye in order to develop a relationship with their inspiration and a relationship with the muses in their life and be able to translate what they were feeling and experiencing into something tangible and significant and this is this is going to just take time and being able to I think infuse artfulness into life and create as much spaciousness for that as possible um, is really going to support you in navigating the mastery process with as much grace as you can And then I think the last piece as well is the process of building not just a business, but a movement and a legacy. It requires creativity. It requires you to have visionary desire. It requires you to be innovative. It requires heart-based innocence to express and serve from love. And if this is the kind of business you're building, you're already doing something artful and that that fusion of of legacy and business and and humanness right our multi-dimensional nature that is an art form in itself being able to distill an idea or an inspiration or see a gap in the world that you want to innovate to solve or offer yourself to that is artful that is so creative that is so beautiful and i think just really learning to frame your calling in a way that sees and celebrates it as the creative um, endeavor that it is, is a really beautiful place to start. Um, Another piece that I really love, just finally, um, to wrap up this question, is I have been living for Pinterest. It's having a resurgence in my life. Um, (laughs) Coming from an online digital marketing background, I definitely had a little bit of social media channel exhaustion and... I'm just really loving how much Pinterest is becoming a beautiful state of or space of inspiration for me without me having to necessarily be plugged into the consciousness streams of other people. So it is very visual and for me that that just speaks to something within me where I'm not necessarily reading or receiving words from others. I'm able to just allow imagery to communicate and infuse and imbue me with the essence and experience of 
whatever it is that I'm looking at and and catalyze inspiration for me. So if you identify um, with being someone who's very visual as well and really loves aesthetic, lean into platforms like Pinterest um, rather than something like Instagram that requires um, a little bit more, I guess, attention or is, is just a little bit more of a dopamine <laughs> ecosystem um, that's going to pull you more out of your body and into another person's experience. Pinterest is a little bit less of that. Um, so I've really been liking it to kind of just awaken and stir inspiration within me every day. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really salient point. Um, question number three is, can you share about the seasonality of expression and internalization? And I feel like I'm in a perfect space to talk about this coming out of, like I said, it was just a season, a portal of healing. Um, and as I'm, as I'm recording this, I'm also in my own feminine cyclical winter. So I basically went from being in my autumn to being in a healing portal to being in my own internal winter and just really being in this season of coziness, of inwardness and just really learning to have have grace with the cyclicality of life is so peace inducing and it just allows you to really embrace what's in front of you and I think being really present to your energy is a very important part of how this works just I, I think especially as a woman um, connecting with your cycle and knowing where you're at at any given point in the month where your energy is at how you're feeling what your needs are um, that's going to be a really important place to or a way to track yourself and offer yourself the nourishment and the care and the tending that you require in those moments and if you're not a woman that's equally valid just tracking your energy and tracking your emotions and just just getting a pulse energetically for where you're at and what your needs are and tending yourself there and remembering that even in nature not everything is blossoming all the time right we have our winter we have our spring where things start to come alive again we have summer where things are fruiting and coming into fruition we have autumn where things are starting to slow down and come more internally and and start to decay and then come back in, coming back into that hibernation, that cocoon of winter. And all of those seasons have a purpose and they have a place. And it's not to say that, like for instance, I'm in a winter season right now internally and physically. I'm still creating. I'm still showing up to um, record this podcast. However, I'm doing it in a way that isn't forceful. I'm doing it in a way that honors my energy. I'm doing it in a way that um, takes into account my needs first and my energy first so that how I'm serving, how I'm showing up in this space is from just so much overflow and so much love. And when you can start to tap into that and start to just really learn to appreciate each season for what it offers um, and just work with that instead of against it, so much will start to open up for you and you'll start to really feel a lot more at peace in your body, in your being, in your life. And this is a really beautiful way to remind ourselves of divine timing. And I know that oftentimes we can get excited. We can hold these really big, beautiful, bold visions of what we want to achieve or create in life. And I think the seasonality and cyclicality of nature is such a beautiful reminder and invitation into working on God's time, working with divine timing and remembering that sometimes even if we want something so badly, now is not the time. It's better for us to be in surrender. It's better for us to allow proper gestation of an idea, of a creation, so that when the time does come, it can be manifest, it can come to fruition and move from the formless into form in the most powerful way, in the most intentional way, and in the most beautiful and divinely intended way. So question number four is what is my inspiration process? 
And I love this and I simultaneously really struggle to answer this because I feel like a lot of the time when I get asked about creative processes, things like how do I write the way I write, where do I draw inspiration, um, it's difficult to put my finger on it and I think the reason being is because I really do try to prioritize presence and sometimes being present is also very intangible because what you're being present to is not necessarily um, in form or tangible or physical. And so um, a few kind of guidelines that I can offer as far as an inspiration process and how I kind of work with inspiration is I have, I don't want to call it a rule, but I have a standard that I do my best to uphold every day of creating before I consume. So really being mindful before I start reading other people's content, listening to podcasts, taking in input from the outside world, I create at least something, whether I publish it or not, whether it's just for my ears and eyes, um, I do my best to really flex my creative muscle and be with creation and be with creativity before I start taking something in. And making a habit of creating daily is also really important. I think even when it's shit, even when you're feeling uninspired, um, it's even more important in my opinion to create in those moments. And as I've really leaned into the habit of daily creation, what I've started to recognize is when I can start moving past and just being present with the desire to create and the desire to be in relationship with creation and in the flow of inspiration, the moment I start just kind of dropping any pretenses and creating and just doing something, um, even when I'm having a really bad day or even when I'm feeling really uninspired, those end up being some of the most prolific creations that I end up creating because what's underneath that dissatisfaction or disinspiration is often such a rich well of inspiration, such a depth of emotion, such a depth of feeling, such insight and wisdom. Um, and so when you can learn how to just kind of soften into those experiences, you will most likely be able to draw out and distill some of the most beautiful work of your lifetime, even if it's not something that you're going to share for you, for your spirit, for your heart to be able to create in those moments is so intimate and so tender and so profoundly important. Um, another piece as well is to curate my input very carefully. I am very, very discerning of who I plug into and what kind of content I take in and why I take it in and in how many, how large or small of doses that I take it in. Um, this is something that I learned about myself in human design, but I have an undefined um, crown or head, I guess, in human design. And oftentimes when those of us are undefined in that space, A, it's a pressure center and it's this center that pressurizes this need to know everything, to just be constantly knowing, constantly inspired. And the crown, the head center in human design is is your antenna to the divine. This is where you make connection with God and make connection with creation. And what's really important to recognize is the habit that those of us with an undefined crown or head center have to feel the constant need to be in the stream or in the flow of inspiration. And sometimes that can actually do a disservice to us by disconnecting us from our own inner muse, our own inner channel and connection with God and with creation. So learning when to turn off the tap and when to lay back, open up and receive, which is how inspiration finds you to just be with life fully the more present grateful and available you are to life the more inspired you're going to become because everything has the potential to contribute to a miraculous and psychedelic experience of reality if you're present enough so that's all i have to say about that question <laughs> um number five life experience and wisdom about cultivating friendships and 
I wish I had the answer to this question. This is something that I love it so much. We are such relational beings. One of our greatest needs and desires is belonging and is to have people to be connected with our soul tribe, our partners, our our humans. And I think this is a really beautiful and valid question to be asking and something to be exploring. And I find that one of the most impactful things that I have learned in the process of cultivating community and relationship is the intentionality that you hold behind it. And this is really important to distinguish that this is not coming from a seeking, chasing, desperation energy, but rather a very open but focused and precise desire to welcome authentic connection. And learning to identify all of the places within you that you're still closed off to connection, to intimacy, to vulnerability, to relationship in any way, shape, or form, and working with yourself to witness it, to alchemize and heal it, to change and shape shift that into openness where you were once closed into transparency where you were once really armored um, into love where you were once really in fear is so important and this is how you cultivate connection of any kind right you're required to be open Um, that's how intimacy happens and that's how meaningful relationship happens and I think another really important part of this conversation and this is something that I am still working on oh lord help me I am still working on this um I am definitely like a recovering people pleaser and I've had a lot of experiences in my lifetime that made relating feel really unsafe and I've had very hard experiences with rejection and with betrayal and so I definitely when I'm put in a situation uh, that feels a little bit uncomfortable and sticky will tend to fawn or to flight, (laughs) fly away and just leave the situation and that doesn't make for a very stable connection and that doesn't allow you or them to found a relationship on honesty and truth and authenticity and so one of the most important things alongside the intentionality and this desire to be open to having relationships um, is to become more and more and more whole in yourself and more and more authentic in yourself and to really practice being very bold and audacious in your self-expression that is one of the most powerful ways to clean the field out of people that are misaligned and create beautiful energetic invitations to the people meant and designed divinely to be in your space in your community in your field as clients as partners as friends and this is going to be one of the most powerful um, energetic and relational cleanup strategies that you can have and will really facilitate you calling in not just friendships but really powerfully aligned nourishing supportive loving inspiring friendships and I don't know about you but that's the kind of relating and community that I'm calling in so um, these are just a couple of things that I've been really intentional about working on so hopefully that answered the question and then the last question that I have number six is three things that I'm really into and excited about right now and I'm gonna do four because I'm a shameless overachiever um (laughs) First and foremost, I am really into and excited about diving headfirst into my vision casting process and building the structures and spaciousness for the God-sized expansion of the year ahead in my life, but particularly with business and wealth. Um, Again, not going to say much more about that, but definitely I am in a space of preparation and just getting things sorted out and creating a lot of clarity and coherence around that so that I can show up incredibly powerfully and be fully available to exactly what God wants me to work on and show up in my creatorship too. 
The next thing that I'm really having a moment with, um, this whole household is having a moment with it, in fact, is Bridgerton and like period piece media, things like uh, Persuasion, Little Women, um, but more, more importantly, Bridgerton. We are just, especially season one, I'm obsessed. Like the theme song starts and I just, I melt. I'm so excited about it. I love it. Um, I cry almost every time I watch an episode because there are little bits and pieces in each storyline that just speak so beautifully to the masculine and feminine principles in union and harmony and that just makes me come undone and I love it and it just feels very nostalgic and I feel in a way like I've been there before. Um, I don't know if anybody can relate to that, but I have definitely like past life memories of being in many different eras and that is one of them. So I love Bridgerton. Um, the next one is really ramping up my intentional movement practices. So, um, last year, I think in probably, I can't remember if it was April or August, it was one of them. Um, but my partner and I went and, reapplied or re-signed up for memberships at our climbing gym and I don't know if you know this about me but climbing is one of my greatest loves in my entire life I often refer to the climbing gym or the crag as church it is such a place of solace for me it's also where I've experienced some of my greatest initiations and pains and challenges but um, climbing just brings me so much peace and so much intention and challenges me in such beautiful ways and allows me to access my creativity and my discipline. And so um, I'm really excited about being intentional and ramping up um, my climbing. And I learned how to weightlift this year as well. I think I've been doing it for maybe eight months and just witnessing what my body is capable of, especially after coming out of a few years of chronic pain and barely being able to walk around the block some days. Um, it just feels so wonderful to get to be in my body doing things that I love like this again. And I've just woven in a Pilates practice. So I did my first one this morning and my gosh, it's challenging. And also I'm really excited to again, expand my resilience and my fitness and my mental fortitude to hold postures that feel like I might come undone in any moment. Um, so really excited about that. And then finally, the last bonus thing that I'm into right now is learning and maintaining languages. Languages like, like climbing is another one of my great loves. Um, I, just have such an affinity for the spoken word and for language and I grew up um, going to French immersion and most of my family um, my whole family is Polish but we my, my grandparents immigrated from Poland to uh, Montreal and so most of my family is French speaking and most of them actually still live in Quebec so I grew up learning French and speaking French and I'm also deepening my fluency in Italian. I studied Italian in university and I'm hilariously trying to learn my ancestral language of Polish, which despite my natural aptitude for languages is exceedingly difficult. So pray for me and wish me luck. <laughs> and if you are learning a language as well, um, I'm on Duolingo, so you can feel free to add me and we can cheer each other on. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed this Q&A episode. I loved this. I loved getting to just connect with those of you who asked questions and share a little bit more intimately about what's going on and some of my insights. So if you loved this episode, if you loved some of the insights that I shared, it would mean the whole entire world to me to have you share it on your social media, tag me so that I can connect with you while you're loving it. And of course, if you love the podcast as a whole, we're kicking off season three. So be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and ratings and reviews are always so very appreciated we have some incredible episodes coming up just this month alone that i'm excited to be able to share with you coming up but until next time i hope you have the most beautiful day and the most beautiful start to your 2023 thank you for being here